0: Open your Bible with me to uh, the book of Acts here, and uh, we're going to kind of go back through this. And the reason why, I always love, you know, and and love teaching the Word of God, and I love the questions that come up, and and there was a lot of questions, a lot of desire, and I love that uh, when people start reading the Word for themselves, and they start digging into it, and they've got questions, and a lot of it has to do with the person of the Holy Spirit and how the holy spirit functions in our life today and so i i after meeting with a few people this week and walking through some things of you know just you go through things that people have been taught you know and a lot of it is the people being taught that you know that there is no subsequent filling of the baptism with the holy spirit and have to you know go okay i I get where you know people have said that and and you know if they've not experienced the subsequent filling. i can't argue with their personal experience but um, I can't teach that as doctor, and I have to go with what the Bible teaches. And so, as we look at this, uh, the, there's much that the the Word of God will teach us with regard to the Holy Spirit as a person, uh, not as a a force. Uh, it's not an it; it's a it's a he. He's person, and uh, to have that relationship with him. But it made me go back and 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 really rethink. You know, just keeping this as simple as possible as we walk through this and just trust the holy spirit to minister to all of our lives and all of our hearts to create uh, just as as isaac was leading us in worship today that we just have a greater desire for more of jesus that that we wouldn't be people that settle you know that that we want more of him i want to know him better and i believe that you do you know i want more of him in my life I, i see like john the baptist you know my prayer becomes You know i must decrease that what that he might increase in my life and and that this would create an excitement as we study you know luke's writings here and uh, may the lord stir our hearts and and may it cause us to be effective in him and so i had talked about you know as a title um, in thinking from the cross you know that jesus said it's finished right he said it's finished and you go well if it's finished then it's over and done you go but then he said, but now go into all the world, making disciples you know, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So you go, the book of Acts is really the beginning of it's finished. It's where it all got started. And, and, and unless you understand that, I thought, you know, it's too complex. So I was just going to go back to what it was simple. So I changed the whole series title going into this week. I just titled it Go. I mean, you just can't miss that. That's what it's all about. It's go. We go, well, What is the book of Acts about? It's about go. It's about go. But, but I titled today's message, Before You Go. So we're going to go back over a little bit of Acts 1 through 11 here. So let's take a moment. We'll pray and we'll jump into this and invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and to minister to us and to create a, a yearning, a longing, a hunger, a passion within us to want, more of him and less of ourselves. And and I think that's a wonderful prayer for each of us today. Father God, we thank you so much. I thank you for just a wonderful time in in singing your praise today as we gather in this place. I mean, even going through announcements, Lord, are exciting because it's about living. It's about sharing life. It's about doing the things that we see in the book of Acts as, as people continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and their their fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. And we see how all those things take place in all the different different groups, whether it's children's ministry or our youth or college age or devoted or um, you know whether it's men's Bible study, women's Bible study, college age. It doesn't make any difference. It's, these components are there and where we're seeing fruit in the life of our church, it's where these things are being practiced consistently. As the church, again, we see They met daily from house to house. And there was a reason for that. People go, oh, man, I got to, Lord, go to church more than once a week. And they go, they didn't have to, but Lord, they wanted to be together because they knew the truth. And the truth was transforming their life. And may that be true, not only of them, but may it be true of us today. As you open our eyes to reality, to literally the truth of your word, may it change us, Lord. May it help us to let go of the things of this world and to to really to pursue and to, to lay hold, as Paul would say, to lay hold of that which we were laid hold of. That God, you have a purpose and a plan for our lives, and so Lord, we look forward to what you would reveal to us, what you would teach us today, and Lord, may we leave here Lord, understanding that God, you have a purpose, you have a plan for each and every one of our lives, that we're not just existing, we're not just going through the motions, but Lord, you came to give us life. That Greek word zoe, Z-O-E, life, eternal life without end, that doesn't begin just when we die. It begins right now. And so we pray that, Lord, you would help us, Lord, to enjoy that kind of life as we enjoy you. And so we look to you. We look to your word. We give you this time today as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, how many remember a commercial by American Express years ago that said, don't leave home without it? You remember that? Yeah, and that 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 was a great jingle or slogan, you know, for a credit card company, but it's so much more true about the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, because it's Jesus Himself saying, Hey, whatever you do, you know, don't leave home without the Holy Spirit. And and again, so people could say, Well, I can't because I have, I already have the Holy Spirit. You're sealed for your salvation by the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't mean that you're walking in the power and the strength. Of the Holy Spirit, and so there's much, like I said, that we can see as we study the Scriptures. And like I said, my hope and my prayer that what it does in all of our lives, that I'm going, God, I want, I want more of you. I want all of you, you know. And and I've had this discussion so many times, you know, with people, you know. I know on the day that I gave my life to the Lord, like you, I got all of Jesus, Amen. But if I'm honest with you. And I want to be, because it's not really good to lie at church, right? I mean, shouldn't do that. But I have to be honest, I go, did Jesus get all of me? And you want to say that he did, right? But it's just like in marriage, Marriage, there's things that you know I've learned about my wife that took years for them to come up. And it's like, she could have just said, oh, you know what? I, f- I forgot to tell you that, or I just never thought about that. We have things that they come out over time. Uh, some things happen because... As your trust develops, and you there's a there's a greater vulnerability you think of back in the Garden of Eden that before the fall that it says Adam and Eve they were they were naked and they weren't ashamed. There was a transparency, there was a vulnerability, but that was before the fall, and so after the fall, you know it's kind of like layers, and the more we grow to know Christ, the more we love Christ amen, and the more we trust him. but it is a process that we walk through, and so here you know in Acts chapter one. You know, we began, we looked there in verse 1 and a little bit of review here. He says, in my first book, remember, you know, he says, I told you, Theophilus, about everything that Jesus, and here's the key word, began to do and to teach. And like I said, you know, Luke's gospel and and the book of Acts, they were actually one large work uh, created in two volumes. And this is the natural, you know, break that we find here in Acts chapter 1. Luke we we know from his background that he was a doctor that he was a gentile that he was a companion of the apostle Paul and he's writing to a man named Theophilus and uh whose name means lover of god or god lover and some people believe that that he was actually you know a um you know very uh dignified you know uh Roman um, dignitary um you know, some believe that in the name lover of God or God lover, that that just simply is talking to me and you, that it's just that I'm writing this to the people who love God or God lovers. And in any account, I mean, that's how the Holy Spirit's going to use it, because not only did he use it in Theophilus's life, but he uses it in our lives as well. But like I said, but he starts and he says, but what Jesus began to do and to teach. And for me, that that is super exciting because He's not writing about everything that Jesus did like it's past tense, right? So even when you're sharing and I'm sharing with people, this is the thing about the need and really to be filled and to be living and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, because you know it's not just past tense. He's just saying, "Hey, I began. I'm writing to tell you what Jesus began to do." But the whole book of Acts isn't just about what Jesus did. Again. And it's been titled you know i told you probably the best title for the the book of acts is is acts of the holy spirit and not the acts of the apostles it's the acts of the of the holy spirit working in the lives of the apostles but it's not so much about them as much as it is about the holy spirit and the holy spirit because jesus is alive and because the holy spirit is alive this isn't past tense there is god is still working today you know, I had a counseling appointment yesterday and I started the, the appointment. I said, hey, let me just ask you a question. I go, do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do you believe that, that Jesus was beaten beyond recognition? Do you believe that Jesus suffered tremendously? And you believe on the third day that he rose again? Yeah, I believe that. We do you do. believe that he... Bore the sins of the world, the whole world in his body. Yeah, yeah, I believe all that. And you think about that for a second. And that he literally died. In three days, he was in the grave. And on the third day, he rose again. And you go, I, I, I believe that. And then you look at your problem, and I look at my problem, and you go, How is that problem in light of what Jesus did and what he accomplished on the cross? And the point being, is if that wasn't impossible for God to raise Jesus Christ from the dead, is it impossible for God to take anything and everything that you and I would bring to him and for God to make all things new? See, there's hope in Jesus, amen? He wants us to understand something about this power, this power that is ours. Paul would write, he said, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead works in you mightily question is, do you believe that? Do you believe the same power that raised Jesus from the dead works mightily in you? And I hope you do. But what I'm finding in the discussions that I, is I share with people that, you know, I meet with and, and talk with about the book of Acts and finding that, you know, people go, I, I, I believe in it, but I don't know if I've really, and this is what it comes down to, I don't know if I've really experienced it. And they go, and the only reason I can say that is they go, because I can look at my own life and go, huh, I could use some power, you know, I could use some help. And I'm going, man, what a great place to be in. Cause that's exactly what Jesus came for. He said, I came to seek and to save that, which was lost. Right. And then he told the disciples, he said, I know that you need comfort. I know that you need a helper. And when I, after I go to the cross, after I suffer and after I die, after I ascend back into heaven, I'm going to pray to my dad and he's going to send another. He's going to send an advocate who's going to be there and he'll be with you. And we'll get to that. He'll be in you. He'll be alongside you every way, shape and form. My dad was an English teacher and he said, that's a preposition because you know how to remember a preposition. He said, anywhere a mouse can go. Up, down, in, out, inside, outside. Oh, oh, and and it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. There's no place that He can't go, and I love this. And this is what we see—the power of God and that power that that worked in Christ, that power that raised Jesus from the dead. He's going. That power is available to me and to you. And He says, "But don't leave home without it." And that has nothing to do with. Being a Christian. We already see where in John chapter 20, Jesus breathed on them, who we believe that was their their salvation experience. They were saved because of the cross of what Jesus had done for them. But they lacked power, they lacked the significance of of the resurrected life in their own life until they received that from God. They didn't have to earn it, it's just like salvation it is a gift that God offers to those who what? Who ask. To those who seek. And so, you know, as I get into this in the book of Acts, it's just constantly coming back to this as it starts, is that we never jump ahead. As all of a sudden, it's like, yes, we need to go. Where are we going to go, Pastor Mike? We need to go to Maui? Uh, I heard, hey, there's, there's, we need to go to the Ukraine too. I mean, is there any place on the planet? That would be the better question. Is there any place on the planet that we don't need to go to? And you go... No, why? Because Jesus said, Where? He said, You'll be witnesses unto me. Where? Jerusalem. Where at? Judea? Samaria? And then he said, Where? To the uttermost parts of the world. Wherever there's people, wherever there's people, then that's where we need to go. And so Luke is saying, Hey, this is, it, it just began here. It didn't end here. I mean, think about this the gospel started in Jerusalem, church. And it went to Judea, that's just a little area outside of Jerusalem, then Samaria, further on out, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. Where's Bakersfield, California? Where's Bakersfield? Would we be considered the uttermost? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you imagine they get on a map. where We're going, hey, Maui, I, I could go to Maui on a mission trip. Imagine them being in the Middle East. Bakersfield. You guys want to go to Bakersfield? They need Jesus there. Well, yeah. It's like Nineveh. <laughs> and I, I I don't know, Lord. (laughs) Maybe we'll just give that one up. You You go, no, but as long as there's people there. And so as we we look at this, you know, this morning, may the Lord just remind us not only of his love for us, but his desire that we experience the fullness of life that Jesus has for us. And it's in front of us. It's not behind us. Verses 2 and 3, remember, it it went and said, And until the day that he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions, what was this? Through the Holy Spirit. Now think about this. Through the Holy Spirit. So what is that saying? Is that saying that Jesus talked to them personally or that the Holy Spirit was out ministering? How do you read that? Go ahead. I'm going to let you. We're not going to be monologue here for a second. It's dialogue. How, How do you take that? Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving... His chosen apostles, further instructions through the Holy Spirit. Do you know why it would say that there? What happened? Again, think of this in Luke's gospel and Acts, you know, being two separate, you know, works, but really one one major work divided into two volumes. What happened at the cross? What does it tell us that happened with the disciples at the foot of the cross? What happened when Jesus was crucified? Where did they go? You remember? It says they fled, right? They fled out of what? Out of fear of the Jews. So they were scattered. They they weren't together. They'd been scattered. And so Jesus, in the resurrection, for the next 40 days, he's going around. He's ministering what? The life in the kingdom. What does that mean? The kingdom. Kingdom life. Jesus said, my kingdom isn't of this world. It wasn't he wasn't talking about reestablishing his kingdom here on earth. He was talking about kingdom principles, what it is to have, have God reign supreme over your heart and over your life, and what it is to walk and to live as a kingdom person, as a, as a child of the king, you might say. And so he was instructing people, giving them further instruction. You know, people go, oh, I would love to have that, that, you know, why isn't that book in there? And then people write about it, right? This is the hidden, the hidden teachings of Jesus. No, he was only reminding them. You know, what do they say that a good Bible study is? Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them, and then tell them what you told them. That's all Jesus is doing. He's just reminding them they tend to forget. One of the things I love about this chapter as a pastor, though, I can tell you this, is Jesus told them to what? To go to Jerusalem. Where did they go? After Jesus ascended, think about this. After Jesus ascended, where did... The apostles go. And it says in Acts chapter one, they went where to Jerusalem. That excites me. What that means is some people listen, right? I mean, because you say, "Hey, we need to." Here's what the Word of God says: Are we going to be hearers of the Word? Or are we going to be doers? They actually did exactly what Jesus said. And there's a blessing that comes with obedience, right? It doesn't really look like much at first, but watch. He says, "You know, because you will what receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you." He says. Not many days from now, we're like, okay, if church goes, you know, if it goes, oh man, we got a, we got 25 minutes. If it went, you know, it's 10 afters. Oh, we, we you know, can you imagine? I mean, most who had that kind of mentality, would, they would have never been in that upper room. It whittled down. I guarantee it wasn't 120 when it started. It was 120 or so when it ended, people are just like, you know, Ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. We're we're out of here. And the next thing you know, then what happens? They're out of there. And then what happens? It gets down to where God then falls. The Holy Spirit comes upon that place. And so he says, after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit, says, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, so we know there's 10 days because Pentecost, 50 days, right? After Passover, that's when Pentecost is. So we know the number. So there's 10 more days in there. And he says, and he appeared to the apostles from time to time. Now, again, did and we get this wrong. I've taught this wrong. Do you think Jesus just walked through the wall? You know, we we sometimes see it, Jesus, like, he didn't even use the door. He just walked through the wall. It was like, no, he was just there. He just was there. That it wasn't like seeing walking in, like, ooh, it's like, He's a ghost. It was, he literally, you're sitting at a table while they're leaning at a table. They didn't have chairs like in our day. They're there and they're leaning down. They got their elbow on the table. They look over and Jesus is next to them. And you go, why, why would he do that? And he's, he's helping them understand, you know, that God is what? He's omnipresent, that God is everywhere. He doesn't, doors don't matter to God. Walls don't matter to God. Prison cells don't matter to God, you know. A hard home life doesn't matter to God. A terrible work place doesn't matter to God, because wherever you are, God can get to you. Amen. Wherever you're at, God can get where you are. And and you look at this, and it's so comforting when you understand this and comprehend. Because again, as I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, and it's why I wanted to go back through this. Time frames are important in in biblical history. You know, so we look at this Jesus ultimately goes to the cross about 33 AD is when he he's crucified and resurrects and ascends back into heaven this is somewhere between you know 52 and 59 AD and and there's a reason for this there's something that's happened in the heart of of Matthew and Mark and and Luke and John well John actually is going to be around 95 AD when he writes uh, his work but what we call the Synoptic Gospels—Matthew, Mark, and Luke—I well, shared with you. You know, obviously, Mark's Gospel was first, so uh, Matthew and Luke could have read Mark's Gospel. And Luke, again, what he says—and you go back and you can read that and I think it's Luke chapter one, verse three, where he's saying that after careful investigation of everything that's happened, I now report to you, Theophilus. You know that you uh, these are the things that that occurred. He's he's talked to eyewitnesses. He's checked it all out. He's going, man, this is this is the bottom line with this. And so again, we have this this wonderful account of this. And so he goes on and he says, and from time to time, he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And you go, why was that so important? Like I said, because of that date. You go, this was the end of a generation. As I shared with you, just like the children of Israel, the first generation died because they did not. You know, live by faith. And so they all died in the wilderness. They would not enter into the promised land, right? So, Deuteronomy, we called the book what the second law is now the children who were too young to have heard the Ten Commandments and the teachings and the laws of Moses were now old enough to bear that responsibility. So, the book of Deuteronomy is about the law being given again. They needed to hear it. Well, the same thing is true here. There's something in the heart of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They want to make sure that as a generation passes away, that people have the Word of God. Hey, we need to write this down. This is important for, for not just posterity. This is important for those that are coming along right now to know from eyewitnesses what took place, that what really happened in this world with regard to Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. And so, again, like I said, they all fled. You look at that, they'd all fled, they scattered, but because Jesus is alive, what happened? He came to them. That's what we see there. The Holy Spirit began to minister to them right where they were at, just like we're all in different places in life today, going through different circumstances and situations, and God isn't limited to a place. And that's a beautiful thing, that God can meet you right where you're at and he can give you everything that you have need of. And so Jesus spoke, like I said, about the kingdom of God. And I love, I think it was MacArthur and his notes on on that exact word there. He said that means Jesus was speaking about the sphere of salvation and what it means to live under God's divine rule in our heart. He was teaching about the kingdom of heaven. There in verses four and five, he says, and when he uh, was eating with them, it says he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem. So this is what he's saying, don't leave home without it. And I'm just going to ask you a probing question, just answer in your heart of hearts. How many days of the week do you leave home without him? Now you could say, oh, he's always with me, right? But am I aware of his presence with me? Am I going in the power of And the strength of the Holy Spirit, or am I just getting into my day? Because there's so many things. Am I even aware, you know, like I shared with you, like Jacob, you know, you wake up and you go, Surely the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. I think that's what Jesus is driving at here is don't leave home without it. He said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that He has promised you. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days from now, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That word baptismo—that's why we don't baptize by by sprinkling, because it, it means to immerse yourself. I'm not. I'm not. I have no problem. You know, have I have I baptized people by sprinkling? Absolutely. Baptized people in the hospital that couldn't. They couldn't go completely under. So you go, when you look at immersed or, you know, be immersed in water, you go, come over. As come over, you go, I get that. I know what it symbolically means. What's more important is not that if a person has been baptized in water, if they've been baptized into Christ, as they understand what that entails to, to enter that, the waters, enter that grave, and to come out of that grave comes out in new life that's in Christ Jesus. And so what Jesus is making clear here is he wants them to understand. He goes, I want you to be immersed. Think about that. Just like you'd pitch your water baptism. I want you to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Okay. I want you to get dunked. I mean, I always like, you know, i um, talking with people and they get baptized. Uh, like you go, well, why? I ask, why are you getting baptized today? And they go, well, Pastor Mike, I want my sins washed away. And I'm like, well, we better get out of this water right now because there's all kinds of bacteria in here and this water is not going to do anything to wash away your sin. The only thing that washes away your sin is what? The blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross. That's what cleanses us from all of our sin. You know, someone was reminding me yesterday, and it was just a great reminder. They said, you know, I, I heard a pastor say this the other day. He goes, you know, the sacrifices of the Old Testament, as good as they were, all they could do is what? He goes, they could cover sin for a whole year, but then you had to come back and do it the next. They go, oh, and I they go, I forgot about, you know, that Jesus is the Lamb of God. He didn't come to cover our sin. He came to do what? To take away our sin. So much better with Jesus, amen? And, and to understand that, and he says, so John baptized with water. He immersed you with water, okay? He immersed you in water. But in just a few days, you're going to be immersed with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that is a marked, significant moment in time. And then it goes on in verse 6, and says, And so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come? And this is funny. I mean, if you study the Bible, you read this as a student of the Bible, and you go, this is pretty funny. What He goes, When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, the time has, has the time come for Israel and, and to restore our kingdom? What is Jesus talking to them about? What has he been talking about up to this moment? What was he saying to them? What did he say? Yeah, talking about the kingdom, talking about waiting in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, being baptized, being immersed in the Holy Spirit. He goes, this is what's happening. And then they go like this. Hey, um, uh, hey Jesus, uh, who gets to be in charge when you leave? That's like the natural, isn't it? And it's it's funny to me because that's what they were doing their whole life, right? Jesus is teaching and they're going, hey, knock it off. I'm going to be on his right side. Mom, mom, can you ask Jesus, tell him who, who gets to sit on your right side and who gets to sit on your left, right? They're not much different than us comes to their life and lifestyle, right? And so here they are in the book of Acts. Jesus is laying out, I mean, this is like, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's getting ready to ascend back into heaven, right? This is like, the final statement before he ascends, and he's going, stay in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father, the gift of, of the Holy Spirit, who God's going to give to you not many days from now. And then they go, okay, but who's going to be in charge? And he's just like, God, God, do we need God? Do we need the Holy Spirit? Do we need power? Goes, yes. Now, that's what I love about the scriptures. It doesn't hide anything, right? I mean, you talk about warts and all. I mean, man, you look at this and it says, and what did Jesus say in verse seven? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know now. And like many of you, I have that highlighted in my Bible because there's many things that it's not for us to know. We want to know everything, right? I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. And what does God tell us? You don't need to know. It's not for you to know. And there's a reason for that. I mean, think about this. You know, the, the, the disciples, you know, obviously they're Jewish. They know Old Testament history. They're very much aware of the coming of the Holy Spirit, the prophecy of Joel, that the Spirit is going to be poured out. But they also understand you know, at the same time when the Spirit's going to be poured out, the kingdom of God is going to be restored. You think of Joel chapter two, you think of Ezekiel chapter 36, and both of those, those, those passages of scripture, those whole chapters, speak about how God is going to restore the nation of Israel. So they're going, man, yes, Lord, pour out the spirit, because we know when you do, you're going to restore Israel. What did that mean to them? Well, think about what Luke is writing. Who's in power right now during the book of Acts? Rome, right? Rome is in power. Nero, Caesar's in power. And you think about where the, the Jews are at, they go, we, we don't even get to live under our own laws any longer. So we want the Roman government to be overthrown. That's why I remember they were so mad at Jesus when he comes riding in Jerusalem, right? On Palm Sunday, he's riding into town on what? You know on a scooter coming in on a on a on a on a, on a donkey and the colt of a donkey, they're wanting to fight they're wanting to and here he come doo-doo, 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 doo-doo. and they're they're no, they're going wait and Jesus his kingdom what Jesus is not of this world. he's going to come back and establish his kingdom one day, but that's not for us to even worry about and look at how many people in the body of Christ today are so consumed with, you know, when is God going to, when is he going to, I got to know, I got to know, when is he going to establish his kingdom? And we were missing everything that he would have for us right here, right now. What did Jesus say in the gospels? He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? It's not here. Don't worry about yesterday. Why? It's gone. He says, today's got enough trouble of its own, right? There's enough stuff to worry about today. And you go, man, wouldn't our lives be so much better if all of us, again, focused on what was in front of us today, right here, right now. And so he tells him that. But again, what does he tell him to do? He says, don't worry about the win. If you're a note taker, you might write this down. This is really what it's all about. He says, don't worry about the win. Focus on the what. Don't worry about the when, focus on the what. And why is that? Because it's so easy to get distracted. We see it. Everything that's going on there. Remember Peter at the, at the Mount of Transfiguration? Remember studying that? What happened to the Mount of Transfiguration? He sees Jesus talking with Elijah and Moses, right? And Peter's like, awesome. Oh, so. And so what does he, what does he say? I mean, poor Pete, I I can relate to Pete. He goes, Lord, it's good that we're here. And I'll just paraphrase this. He goes, you want me to build three condominiums? We could just stay here. And you think about what is he saying? Hey, forget all those people down the hill, man. We'll just enjoy the rest of our life. All three of us here together. Right? I mean, it's easy to do, right? Oh, you know, it's mountaintop experience. And, and, and the father has to speak, you know, the clouds open up, you know, the voice comes from heaven. This is my beloved son. What? Listen to him. Listen to him. Then you think of, you know, earlier, again, Peter, poor Peter, Peter. Jesus asked, who, who do you say that I am? Right. What did he say? What did Peter say? You are what? The Christ, the son of the living. Right. And, and. And Jesus said, Peter, upon this rock, Peter, Petra, little rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell are not gonna prevail against it, right? And Peter's like walking around. And then what happens? I mean, no sooner had that been stated that Jesus begins to explain all that he's gonna suffer. He said, and he does it in plain language. So they completely understood. Jesus is talking about going to Jerusalem, He's going to suffer at the hands of the elders. They're going to beat him. And ultimately, they're going to crucify him. He's going to die. And what does Peter do? He takes Jesus aside. He goes, Jesus, it, it doesn't have to go like that. I mean, he basically rebukes him. I mean, and, and, and you know the rest of that story it didn't end well for Pete. Jesus looked at him, and what did he say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan oh, you go, yeah, do we need the Holy Spirit? And you go, yeah, don't worry about the when, focus on the what. That was the problem that Peter had. That's the problem, obviously, that we have at different times in our lives. You know, again, G- matter of fact, look at it this way. What if, what if Jesus, what if he would have told them the time that he was going to come back? This is 33 AD. What if he just said, let's just say Jesus was going to come back this year. What would have happened if he just said, hey, guys, I'm going to establish my kingdom in 2023? No, seriously. What do you think would have happened? What's your guess? Uh, You probably can't be wrong because we don't know. Go ahead and take a shot at it. He tells them that day, AD 33, he's coming back in 2023. What are they going to do? What are you gonna do? All I can think of the thing when my sister's here, she could attest to this. When our dad and mom would go out of town, they would usually leave on a Friday and they'd come home on a Sunday. Remember that, it was the SM Lock, Lockyard or the black pastor that you know, it's Friday, Sunday's a coming. You remember that? It's such a, a beautiful thing. Well, for our family, it wasn't a really a beautiful thing because my dad would write a list of everything that he wanted us to do while he and my mom were out of town on the weekend, right? And he, because my dad was an administrator and he was very good at it, he numbered everything. He prioritized everything, everybody had a list. I mean, poor guy, I mean, it took him all week to, to build the list of stuff to kind of keep us busy. So they would leave on Friday and they weren't coming home on Sunday. What do you think we did with that list? What, what's your guess? You think, does the word procrastination enter anybody else's mind? Did anybody else get a list from your parents, right? So what we would do, and my sister Beth, because she was organized as well, so my dad would call on Sunday. I love this, like Jesus going, you know, there's signs of his return, right? And there was a sign of my dad's return. He would always call. We're like 30 miles outside of town. And that was just a polite way of going, you better get the list done. Okay. My sister, so we'd all get, I told you before we have the shag carpet. I love raking the shag carpet. You know, you can't walk on it because I'm going to rake it and get it perfect. But how long did we wait? Like 15 minutes before they were to get home. That's why. Jesus knows. I mean, they would have just went, oh, well, there's no, there's no urgency. There's no sense of urgency, but when you don't know, but you know that he's coming back, does it create A good, healthy sense of urgency because Jesus could come back when? Right now. And so to live with that awareness, that's not a negative thing, that's a positive thing. And again, I love the fact, you know, like I said, that the Lord brings that out, you know, in each of our lives. And so again, he's just reminding us, you know, don't worry about the when, just focus on the what. And then I just want to conclude with this. He says in verse 8, but you will receive power. When the holy spirit comes upon you okay that's a different word you can you can study the greek language you don't even have to be a greek student i'm not but you can look at it and go okay is there a word for with is there a word for in is there a word for upon when you read the scriptures and you study them and you go absolutely and the word in in the greek language is en it's where we get our english word in the, the word upon that he uses here in acts chapter 1 verse 8 is the word, and it's spelled two different ways, uh, E P I or E P P I. You know, we'll call it the, the Epi or a Pie experience. And so these are these are definitely distinct and unique relationships, and they're beautiful relationships. If you're as, as Isaac was, was leading us in worship today, he's like, pray, you know, right now. If you don't have Jesus in in your life, pray and ask him, say, Lord, come into my heart. I know that you, and again, you could use that same word, EN can be used with the word with as well. There's a word, it's M-I-T-T, mit. It, it's really W-E to be the word we, but you can also use the EN as well in the Greek language. And you can look at that and go, wow, what a what an amazing thing. He's with us and he's in us. But now what we see is this different dynamic that he wants to come upon us. He wants to give us, and the, and the word there, is dunamis. That word power is dunamis. It's where in the English language, there's two words that come to mind. Obviously, the word dynamite or the word dynamic. And I want you to think about that, you know, in your life, because the Holy Spirit wants to come upon your life and my life with dunamis power, a dynamic power, dynamite, you might say, in that regard. And you go, did it happen? I don't think the apostles felt it. I don't think People go, I didn't feel anything. It doesn't say that you're going to feel anything, but it's a reality that we can see. There was fruit that was bore out of it. They were cowards at the cross, right? They fled because they were human. They fled out of fear of the Jews, right? And they each scattered in the beauty of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit went, what? And he comes alongside them and he ministered to them, brought things to remembrance in their life. And then called them back and and then jesus appears to them and he says wait here in jerusalem wait here and receive receive the holy spirit because he will come upon you he will eppi he will bring dynamic dunamis power that will give you courage beyond anything that you've ever experienced in your life and you have to look at him you go peter is cussing at a little girl standing next to a fire, and she looks at him and she goes, hey, aren't you, after, at the crucifixion of Jesus, or the, the trial of Jesus before the crucifixion, looks at him and goes, you know, uh, you know aren't you one of his disciples? And Peter's going, I, I, I don't even know the guy. He denies him three times, right? And now Peter's willing to stand up in front of the Sanhedrin. He goes, is that just because Jesus had been resurrected from the dead? You go, no, he had already been resurrected from the dead. They were still scattered. The game-changer church isn't just the knowledge of Jesus being resurrected from the dead. It's the person of the Holy Spirit who comes in and upon our lives, and that happens the same way that we got saved. What does he say? Ask. Ask. You go, "You, you just have to be honest with yourself, as I do. Do you need dynamic power today? Are you living in fear today? The Bible says there's no fear in love for perfect love casts out fear. We look at the all the apostles, they were all different, but they didn't live in fear and they all died martyrs' deaths except for John. You go, and they were okay with it. Paul, he's like, hey, to be absent from the body is what? Present with the Lord. It's a better thing, actually. Didn't live in fear. And you go, was it just because of knowledge? You go, no. It was because of the power of, Of the Holy Spirit that was in them, so it says. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be again. He's not saying you're going to witness for me. He's saying you'll be a witness. Your life, you'll be a witness wherever you go and whatever you do is a witness to Jesus Christ. Telling people, do you know you're telling people about Jesus, even if you're not telling people about Jesus? It's always about telling. You know, we're always telling people about Jesus with everything that we do in this life. He says. And you'll be a witness to me everywhere in jerusalem throughout judea in samaria and to the ends of the earth and i love the fact like i said that all we have to do is ask see and and i love it and isaac brought this up do we have to wait for the holy spirit any longer no now all we have to do is wait on the holy spirit he's already here Pentecost has already come. Now you can just have it personally. That's, that's the beauty of it. But we have to recognize that in and of ourselves. You know, do we you know, have that awareness of our need of the Holy Spirit? Do we recognize that God wants to do something in and through our lives and that I cannot do it in my own strength? I cannot accomplish it in my own power. And if I do, then it brings me to this place where all of a sudden I start going, okay, Lord. You know, it's like Zechariah 4.6, This is the word of the Lord Zerubbabel: not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And I love that. But you will receive power after, after, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So much, you no know, more that we could say. But I'll tell you, just as we close, you would know today, like I said, if you're not a believer and you recognize your need for Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, the good news for you today in that is if you would repent of your sin and call upon the name of the Lord, you'd be saved. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will come and he will be in you. He will take residence in your heart. You invite Jesus into your heart to be with you, and he will. It's not because we deserve it, not because we merit it, because he promises it. That you never have to be alone. You look around the, the, the world today, even people in the church, there's just so many lonely people that are all alone. We weren't created for isolation. That's hell. We were created for community. We were created for unity. And Jesus makes that possible. But there's also things that he wants us to do. There's things that he's gifted us to accomplish, to expand his kingdom in this world, to reach people for him. And you look around and we look and we go, man, Lord, it's so overwhelming. I can't because I I just, I lack the strength. But you go, as Paul said, but I can do what? all things through Christ, but what, what are the all the things? I can do all the things that God has called me to do. I can do all the things. You can do all the things that God has called you to do through Christ who strengthens you, because he's not asking you to do it on your own. He's asking you to not do it on your own. He's asking you to, to wait on him and to allow him to fill you up, and that you and I would grow in the intimacy of God so much in our life, like Jesus prayed for us in John 17, that we might be one as he and the Father are one. That I, like that American Express commercial again, you know, they would, they would remind you, hey, don't leave home without it. And in the same way that, you know, we'd go, I need my wallet, I need my car keys, I need this, I need my sunglasses, and I need this. And we're going, Lord, I need you. I need your strength and I need your power. Because if I don't have it, I will mess this up. I will step in it. And I can tell you, and, and often when I do, I look back and I'm going, how'd that happen? And the question is, where's God? Oh, he's in me. And I can, I can ask him for forgiveness. You know, and does he forgive me? Absolutely. For he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But I remind you what I've been reminding you of. You have to look at your own personal relationship. Like the psalmist declared, he said, you know, the children of Israel, they knew the acts of God, but Moses knew his ways. You can be the Christian who learns about everything after the fact, or you can spend time with God, you can pray, and you can seek God, and you can get direction from God, you can get power and strength from God, and you can go out in power in the presence of God in your life. And again, I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about the quality of life that's ours to enjoy in Christ when we pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. I know he's in us. But you go I'm talking about functioning in this world with the dynamic power to live victoriously. That power comes from imitation too asking God. And I just want to encourage you today before you go, if you find yourself, you go, hey, maybe I'm, I'm tired. I'm wore out. I, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I mean, this world just got all over me. It started to squeeze me in. Now just remember, greater is he what? Who's in you than he who's in this world. And he has begun this good work is faithful to complete it. Follow him. Listen to him. Jesus said, if you love me, you know, you'll obey me. You'll do the things that I'm telling you to do. He's not wanting to hurt us. He's wanting to bless us. He's wanting to prosper us. But you know, if you need that power, as we close in prayer, just raise your hands towards heaven today. I need you. I need your strength. I need your power. And I get it. And maybe it's been a long time, maybe never, that you've asked the Lord to do that. Take that step of faith today. And like I said, you know, if you want to feel like warm butter, people say, oh, I feel like warm butter. I'm like, God, that's gross. I do not want to feel like warm butter. You don't, it, it's a fact. He's going, he gives the Holy Spirit to all who what? Ask. Is you believe it and you receive it by faith. And you'll know because you'll see the fruit. If all of a sudden you have that, you go, there's that strength, that power. You're not worried about what people think about Jesus. You know, what you're, what's important is that you live a life that's pleasing to him. You live and play to an audience of one. And may we do that as we go from this place. So I invite you, let's stand to our feet. We'll close in prayer. Worship team will come and lead us in song. And if you need the Holy Spirit, if you've never experienced that immersion, that baptism with the Holy Spirit, and you want that today, it is here for the asking. Don't leave. Don't leave home. Don't leave here without it. Pray and ask God to fill you with the Spirit, and he will. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we, we talk so much about the Heavenly Father, and we talk so much about Jesus Christ, your Son, but so often we forget the person and the power and the work. the holy spirit in our lives and lord as we go through this study in the book of acts lord may you just open up our eyes to all that you desire for us that when the world is getting worse and worse by the day in the truest sense the church is getting bigger and brighter and brighter because of you that lord you knew all these things would come but what an opportunity that we have in this world today to proclaim the love the life the liberty of jesus christ and that people would see Christ in us. As Jesus, you said, will be a witness unto you because, God, you're working in our life. We're not having to go out and pound the sidewalk, so to speak, get in people's faces. Lord, you just want us to live a life that's open to all that you have for us, that we're not living for ourselves any longer, but, God, that we're living for the kingdom of heaven, And the prayer of our heart becomes, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, Lord, have your way in each of our lives. For those that are asking today, if it's salvation, Lord, we celebrate them as your word declares that even the angels of heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents. There'd be a party in heaven today. And for your church, Lord, who you've washed and you've cleansed by your blood, that, God, you would give her power and strength today. Lord, to magnify and to glorify you and thank you, Lord, that if we sense our need for that, for you, all we have to do is ask. Lord, give us the faith to ask, the faith to believe today and to focus our lives completely, Lord, as we go forward. May we do, may we not worry about the when, when you're going to return. We just focus on the what. Focus on walking, being filled, being empowered by the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.